Welcome to the Future Print Podcast, celebrating print technology and the people behind it. Hello and welcome to the Future Print Podcast. I'm Paris Kopp. Um, I'm here on my own today in the sweltering heat here in the UK. I hope uh, if you're enjoying the heat wave as well, you're, you're keeping cool and I'm sure listeners in America are, are calling us wimps for for thinking this is is a heat wave, but it's absolutely boiling hot. So um, hopefully you're you, you're somewhere cool and can take a break, have an ice cream, and listen to an episode of the podcast. And it's a conversation between uh, me and Sarah Alexander, who is marketing and communications manager, uh, flexible packaging industry at Bob's. Uh, we have a really interesting conversation about the flexible packaging market. So much happening uh, in that market at the moment. So many different drivers in, in the growth of that area. Um, and, and Sarah really has some uh, fascinating insights and some great kind of figures and, and numbers and talking us through some of the opportunities, some of the challenges, um, you know, some of the global changes, the kind of macro changes that are affecting the industry that, you know, that the effect on flexible packaging might not be the first thing that, that comes to mind, but there's some insights there, um, of course, about sustainable packaging, challenges for, for converters there, perhaps the balance between commercial viability and, and that need for sustainability, um, and also about kind of communication and collaboration. We've talked so much about collaboration recently, particularly at the at the tech fest and it's certainly something that that comes up now um you know collaboration between brands themselves and, and converters and in order to ensure that those sustainability issues are addressed um and of course we talk a, a bit about bobs and, and what bobs are doing um, themselves how they ensure the sustainable credentials of, of the materials that they use and and also some of the solutions uh, that they offer uh, in that space and a little bit about what they, they might be focusing on next as well. Uh, so a really interesting conversation. Thank you again so much to, to Sarah Alexander of Bob's for taking the time to speak to me. And I hope you all enjoy this episode of the podcast. Hello, this is the Future Print Podcast. I'm Karis Kopp and I'm delighted to be joined by Sarah Alexander, who is Marketing and Communications Manager for the Flexible Packaging Industry at Bob's. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Karis. So nice of you to, to join us and, and have a discussion today. Um, first of all, just um, a little bit about you. you you've worked um, in flexible packaging for, for a long time. You've got a great deal of experience uh, in the industry on, on kind of the raw material side and, and manufacturing as well. Uh, and, and now you're at, at Bob's concentrating on, on flexible packaging. And it's such an interesting uh, area. It's a really kind of rapidly growing area as well. You know, I think it's fair to say, but we'll get kind of your, your take on it. Um, maybe we could start by talking a little bit about what some of the drivers are uh, behind the, the growth in flexible packaging. Yeah, of course. Um, you're right to say the, the the industry is growing. I mean, um, they expect another 4.2% increase in consumption, which will bring it to around 40 billion tons by 2026. So it's uh, it's quite a constant growth, but it's not only because the volumes are going to increase, but there's a lot of change behind there. So um, things like 
customization, for example, when the more global you go, you can't have the same product to suit every single country and every single consumer. One of the perhaps most obvious ones is versioning on the different languages or even customized sizes. You know, maybe in the, in the United States, you have the large family packs. Maybe in the, the hip towns of uh, Europe, you have the single person pack. So that will vary. And also image use. Um, you can imagine some images are more delicate in the more, um, let's say, religious areas of the world where they don't want to have people with little clothing on and they have to change for the same product, the different image and language and content on the package to sell the same thing. So that's one point which um, will increase the different amount of packaging. Then you've got the new business model. I mean, we've, we've just lived through a major pandemic where the rise of e-commerce was quite evident in everyone's lives. And so that's changing the way people buy and purchase uh, products and all of these products need packaging. So they will be uh, redimensioned. I mean, sometimes we have this very small pass, this very small um, purchase in a very large plastic bag or cardboard box and that needs to change so there's a lot of change moving in that area and this packaging needs to manage fast handling fast turnarounds so it needs to be uh, resilient and whatever um, and then there's the new substrates so new substrates everything that's more eco-friendly and uh, the creation of a number of different alternative and sustainable packaging uh, solutions is going to is going to be a big increase in the uh, flexible packaging market over the coming years. Mm. Really interesting. So it's kind of a, a bit of a perfect storm in terms of the, the demand there from, from brands and businesses who, who uh, you know, have all these different versions and then there's kind of the capabilities there as well to, to, to make it happen. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's right. I mean, um, let's, let's say the demands from the, the markets are, are still very much the same they're still looking for speed, so so shorter time to market. But we need to have these new packaging solutions, but we need to be quick. We also need to have uh, quality. So we need to have packaging which protects, but it also needs to attract the customer. And that's on a global scale as well. So we're looking at color consistency. The brand owners need to be able to produce and print the same package, whether it's in uh, Australia, America, or South Africa, for example. And that's perhaps more easier to understand if you look at uh, the Barilla Blue or the Coca-Cola Red. They want the same color all over the world. And also, let's say, agility. If you think about um, the variability is very important. I mentioned before about the different packaging and the versioning. We need to be able to have shorter runs and let's the the great example right now is the European football. So you're going to have packaging with promotional print on there. So we need to be uh, able to be flexible and change the packaging for a short period and then move back onto something more standard. And then obviously all of this together is linked to all of the shift in consumer priorities for everything that is green and sustainable. Uh, so there's as, as well as speed and quality, we're looking at more sustainable solutions and thinner, so less plastics on the market as well, thinner materials. Mm. And, and, and what about kind of you know, looking on the on the challenging side, what are some of the the challenges? You know, there's a is a is a huge market for it, but what are challenges that are currently facing flexible packaging? Um, well, especially let's let's take a look at the new the new packaging and new sustainable products that are being developed. A lot is happening. Everyone's having a little try uh, and bringing out some new solutions and. Um, I think one of the main concerns for converters 
is that this these new solutions are machinable and that they will be commercially viable. Okay, so you can imagine um, you've got monomaterial solutions. We take a look at PE, for example, polyethylene. It's, it's more stretchy. It's heat sensitive. And the question that converters are asking are, are such, can we use our existing machinery to work on these new sustainable products? Um, we we can help in that. I mean, we have, for example, competence center here and we have different machinery, whether it's um, printing or, or laminating and coating. So working together with partners of raw material suppliers and converters and brand owners, we're able to tweak the machinery, change the configuration, enhance the machinery, add some, some controls and, and talking software and hardware that weren't there before, but we know what, what is needed to make sure that these new substrates will be able to be uh, converted and printed on existing machinery. So that's a big concern and challenge right now on the market. Mm. And, and staying on that, you know, we need that communication and, and collaboration. Do, do we need to see improved communication and collaboration between all those stakeholders, between brands themselves and, and converters? you know, in order to ensure that these sustainability issues are being properly addressed? Um, I think that when when the whole when the whole sustainability wave began, uh, let's say it was back in 2018, the, the major change when you may remember um, big brand owners, converters uh, and packaging companies all pledged to reach by yeah. 2025, 100% reusable, recyclable uh, or compostable materials. That was... It was a became the buzzword. Everyone spoke sustainability. Everyone talked about it, but nothing much was there to show. You couldn't really see anything happening. Today, it's a different story. I think we are already collaborating, and partnership is key. No, it's not a it's not a one man show. Nobody can do this alone. You need to have from the raw material suppliers to the machine manufacturer to the brand owner to the converter all to be involved to make sure that this will take place and. There are already some solutions out there on the market. We have some together developed with developed together with partners, and uh, other people, other players on the market also are providing there. So I think we've gone past the need to collaborate more. I think we are already collaborating very well together. Mm. That's fantastic. And um, you know, just just staying on the kind of sustainability uh, issue, the, the the majority of flexible packaging is 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 food packaging. Is that right? Yeah, about yeah. 75% in flexible packaging is for food. That's right. Yeah, and it, it kind of seems as if it's it's more important than ever to consumers that um <clears throat> start that again because it's a good time to get a pickly through. Okay. So it, it seems as if it's more important than ever to consumers that sustainable steps are being taken you know, by brands, by businesses in the packaging supply chain? Are, are businesses taking serious steps to address this from, from your perspective? Um, yeah, it, it is. It, it is quite important for consumers. And uh, yes, businesses are, are, are serious about this. If we look at the consumer side, why, why it's important, and it's not just in food packaging, it's in, in all kinds of packaging, pharma, pharmaceutical, for example. But mm. um, we look at the social media, you know, we see a lot of negative vibes and, and it's it's quite in the heart of everybody to have a, a greener future. So consumers are very sensitive on this subject matter and um, businesses have no choice. They have to take it seriously. So when mm. I talked about partnership beforehand from the brand owners, when they create the file right through to the raw material suppliers, 
to the machinery manufacturers like ourselves and, and, and converters. Um, we're all involved in this chain. It is clear that some players have more involvement than others. You can imagine a converter. They cannot stop their production facility easily or without mm. maybe enduring economical losses to have R&D tests on the machinery because that would be that would be quite a, a drastic loss for them. So where the brand owner doesn't have the machinery in-house, machine manufacturers come and play and they are almost the, the glue to the whole system to make sure that things can be developed correctly. So consumers are very concerned and businesses are taking things very seriously. And um, I think that we'll see some, some, some good results very soon. We're, all, we're already seeing a lot on the internet, but we will see some more over the coming years. Fantastic. Yeah, um, it's really important that we that we keep an eye on that space and, and keep an eye on the innovation happening in that area. And, um, you know, from from a, you know, kind of going on to, to Bob's itself in, in, in this uh, industry, you know, there there are some some clear sustainable advantages to the, to the use of flexible packaging. You know, it's, it's lightweight, it's more economical to transport, um, it can reduce food waste. Um, what about sustainability within the, the printing and converting process? What about kind of Bob's approach to, to, to meeting the demand for this and meeting this challenge? Okay, well, um, we've uh, we've got the one ECG in terms of printing, if I start from printing, which is is an example that which embraces both innovation and sustainability. Okay, it's not it's not only on the sustainability side. We also have R and D into different uh, areas, but it's very closely linked. So, one ECG. Why is that so different? Um, especially in rotogravure, it allows you to keep the inks on the press in the same position, which is a huge advantage. You don't need to wash the whole tank and the cylinder at the change of each new job, which saves time and set up, set up time, money, raw materials. So printers can, in this case, reduce ink consumption, leftovers and waste by around 50%, which is enormous. Yeah. But yeah. also um, the way that the cylinders are engraved is different in the ECG. It's a case of layering. It's a layering method. So you don't have a full color in the middle of the machine. With a full color, obviously, it's very, it, you need a lot of energy to dry this. And with it being a layering process, you don't need that anymore. So you, you can enable the machine to work in echo mode. So the process is very, very sustainable. Um, so that's one example. Staying with printing, we have also water-based products. Um, there are some areas of the world which are more advanced in, in water-based inks. There is, they're highly sensitive, sensitive to the subject in China and Southeast Asia, where there are incentives and fines to, to move people towards using water-based products rather than solvent-based. We have a plant in Changzhou in China where they have been heading this project with a number of different partners. Again, partners are essential to all of the new R&D projects. And um, we were awarded at the end of last year by the Chinese Rotogravure Printing Association, a VOC award for our efforts in this because we have reached levels of water-based ink solutions on the machinery because obviously the water content is much more. Uh, so the drying capabilities need to be a different setup on the machine. And our uh, levels are much better than what we have seen so far on the market uh, with, with, with different alternatives. And this, this has been done at speed with a quality result. Um, so that's the printing side. Um, but 
also in, in laminating and coating and, and vacuum, we're working in, in the three main areas. So let's say recyclable plastics. We recently launched, well, this week, actually, we, we launched one barrier. We have one ECG, one inspection, one barrier. And one barrier is clearly all about creating barrier products. Now, um, typically, the barrier is there because there's a metallized layer um, and, and we, we're trying to move away from the PET and the metallized layer, which has got a natural barrier to, to move to a um, double PE structure, for example. Um, we, we launched Prime Cycle, which this allows with a primer layer and the coating to have a barrier, which is equivalent to the traditional structures. So, but it's a recyclable and it's a monomaterial plastic solution. We're also working in the recyclable fiber-based solutions, which is still under the one barrier umbrella. And later on this year, we will have some more information on that. It's moving very quickly. Um, And then the the third column, let's say, is biopolymers, which is perhaps the most complicated one because this one is less recyclable. It's end-of-life cycle. So we're looking at materials that will decompose. Uh, mm. eventually and there are two main trends there one is marine degradable packaging and the other one is moving from industrial compostables to home compostables we're also working there um, perhaps that's the slowest one of the three pillars it's also at the moment the most costly one of the three pillars but because everyone's working in all three of these areas we we don't know who's going to win the, the race ultimately we need to be advancing in all three areas of uh, these new solutions that's really interesting because the materials is, is a really important aspect, isn't it, in, of ensuring kind of sustainability. Um, you did talk there a bit about the, the materials and the work you're doing, but, you know, maybe we could elaborate a bit on how Bob's ensures the, the sustainable credentials of, of the materials used in, in packaging. OK, yeah, so... Um... We, we are also part of consortiums such as CFLEX, so it's a European association which is designing for a circular economy. So in order to do that, we follow guidelines which are given on a European level, which allows us to understand um, how much um, content you need to have to be considered recyclable and the maximum percentage of, for example, you need to have at least 90% by weight of PE or PP in the final product and no more than 5% of each other aspect. So it could be ink and adhesive in order to be considered recyclable. So we follow these guidelines um, and, and that's that's one aspect. Um, but also, again, working with partners, we're all working to the same to the same objectives. And we need we need perhaps a little bit more help and, and a speed up on the legislation area of the recycling, because the PE infrastructure for recycling is more mature at the moment than other recycling structures. So um, perhaps that's where we're concentrating most of our our energies and. We're following the credentials to make sure that the PE structures can be recycled, if that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really, really interesting stuff there. And I just want to, you know, it's it's a really clear, you know, sustainable mission that that, that Bob's have. And, and I, I think definitely over the, the course of the, of the pandemic and, and, you know, beyond, there's been a really clear outline of, of the Bob's approach, you know, the, the look at connectivity, the look at digital transformation, the look at sustainability, you know, the, the vision of the connected packaging workflow, you know, and I, I just think looking at Bob's connectivity approach, 
you know, it's really clear that there's a comprehensive view of, of the entire kind of packaging value chain. You've got solutions for, for each element of that. How important do you think it is that, that we view the process as a whole when we're, we're meeting the changing demands in, in flexible packaging, you know, taking that kind of comprehensive view of the process and not letting certain elements of it, you know, be an afterthought? Um, it's it's really important. Now, traditionally, traditionally, Bobstan and other machine manufacturers were concentrating on the single process, okay? And uh, from from our point of view, it doesn't make sense because we offer so many different solutions from, we can go from the laminating to the vacuum metallizing to the coating to the printing to different types of printing all under the same roof. So it doesn't make sense to concentrate our energies on one specific area when we have them all to offer, okay? Um, so for us, it's it's become part of the DNA to look at the whole chain. Plus, with the current trend of working towards R&D projects with partners from along the entire chain, it's reinforcing our view and our vision of how we need to approach innovation okay and a lot is happening in the flexible packaging market at the moment and we yeah. can't be we can't be a one-man show we can't stand no one can stand alone and do this do this by themselves so it is fundamental and we understand that and it's part of our it's part of our our vision i mean we, one of the words of our vision is is connectivity so from one aspect it's connecting along the entire chain but it also means um talking through that connection chain so uh, the internet of things for example we we also launched this year bobs connect so what is bobs connect it's it's a dashboard on the each machine which allows them to monitor the equipment um, so you can understand the health of the machine the production status whatever and then in a second phase it will allow you to Give, have analysis on the equipment performance, productivity, track, for instance, uh, the OEE, which is the overall equipment efficiency. And you can do that per job, per time period, or even per shift. So that will help to understand uh, the route behind common productivity losses, for example. So it's about talking to each other in a cloud along the entire process, Bob's machines and more. Yeah, it, really, really important that we, we view it in that way, I think. And it's it's great that Bob has those solutions and, and can carry you through the entire kind of value chain there. Um, so we, we, we've, we've, we've talked about that. We've talked about the solutions uh, for a range of steps in, in the packaging workflow, whether it's, you know, uh, die cutting, laminating, metallizing, coating and, and you know, uh, whatever else. So how, how do you balance Going back to sustainability, how do you balance the importance of sustainability with meeting those those other demands that that converters face? That's a good question. It's it's not an easy task. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, me- I mentioned the vision before. So the vision is divided into four main pillars, which we identified as the four key areas to concentrate our energies on. So connectivity is one, sustainability is the other, and then we have automation and digitalization. Okay, so these are the areas that we have to concentrate our work uh, in all fields and all product lines. And that's what we're doing. So we we have to, from our side, understand how to offer new solutions that fall under each of these categories. Some of them are perhaps more dominant than others. So clearly sustainability is leading the way at the moment. But Mm. at the same time, we, we can't just look from our point of view we have to do this in the optic to what the market the consumer the brand owner the converter is looking for which is what i mentioned in one of the first questions so we're looking at speeds shorter time to market 
agility to be very flexible to meet all the different uh, the different requirements, the different packaging solutions, shorter runs, quality, so a global quality and error-free packaging. Um, but I think, yeah, sustainability is the, the winner <laughs> of all of them at the moment, but they're all interconnected, let's say. Yeah, fantastic. I, I think <clears throat> that can be a concern, can't it, for uh, for the, the sustainability issue, whether there's, you know, you have to balance that with costs and things like that as well. But I think we're, um, you know, like you said, people are realising that sustainability is, is the big one, isn't it? It's the big uh, issue that we we need to be focusing on in, 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 in the industry. That's right, it is. It, costs... Um, that will improve in time. It's, it's obvious that when you start doing research and development on these new products, you're going to find them very costly compared to what we're used to. And mm. then as, as, as people identify what is required and the new um, setup, the new materials, the new raw materials are more readily available, then the cost will slowly iron out because they will become the new requirements. But the early stages, cost is an issue, but we, we know that that will improve as time. It has to improve because we need to find solutions that are not only an alternative in terms of performance, so the barrier, but are also commercially viable so that they can work on the existing machinery and be sold out there on the market. Fantastic. And, and, you know, it's fantastic to talk to you uh, about flexible packaging. You know, you know the space really well. Bob's doing some amazing things. Can you give us, you know, before we go, a kind of a kind of hint of, of what we might expect coming up from from Bob's uh, in this space in the future? Goodness, uh, lots. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot going on. Clearly, my 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 view is in the flexible packaging field, but Bob's is not just flexible packaging. We have all different industries, corrugated mm. board, you know, folding cart, and we have a whole services area and everybody in each of the different fields and the labels as well, sorry, are all are all working to offer new solutions that fall under the four pillars that I mentioned before. So new digitalized solutions, automation on the equipment, connectivity, IoT, the cloud, and sustainability. My sustainability um, is not just the process or the, the end products, also on the equipment and um, in operations, so the way we work in, in-house as well. So there's a lot coming on. We have some events coming up. Uh, we've just closed Bob Stage, which was a big event for the first semester of this year. And uh, I would just say watch this space because there's plenty more to come. Fantastic. Well, you heard uh, Sarah there. Watch this space for, for what Bob's has got coming next. Sarah Alexander, Marketing and Communications Manager uh, for Flexible Packaging Industry at Bob's. Thank you so much for joining us on the Future Print Podcast. Thank you, Karis. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, we will see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe now for more great audio content coming up. And visit futureprint.tech for the latest news, partner interviews, in-depth industry research, and to catch up on content from Futureprint events. We'll see you next time on the Futureprint podcast.